Yes, 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 yes. Shema Yisrael. Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. The Lord our God, Hashem is one. Good morning, Bokra Tov, to all of you listeners. May your day be filled with blessings and delight as we go forward into the 21st century to enjoy the blessings that are coming now. Two things are happening. One, we see a lot of darkness because perception is a function of consciousness. And so from our level of consciousness, mundane consciousness, people see a lot of what they think is chaos and disorder. From another level of consciousness, people see other events. They see a newness taking place, a dawning that's taking place, a rebirth that's coming forth. And that's my coming forth. That's why this program, Shema Israel, has been given to you as a gift from Hashem to give you new seeds of contemplation, seeds of thought, thought, new ideas to consider and think about and pray about and give you uh, the support that you need to explore uh, the spiritual potential that you have to engage the spiritual potential that we have because we're living in a time where the focus is all upon the physical. So going forward, let's get ready to talk about the the Torah and the words of Hashem. Let me say, Hashem sifatai tifata akufi yegir tehilateka. That is, O oh Lord, open my lips that my mouth may proclaim your praises. For you are the Holy One of Israel. And we are living in a time where the Messianic prophecies are being fulfilled. And we're living at a time now, particularly where Zechariah 8.23 in the, in the Nevi'im, the Hebrew scriptures, uh, Zechariah 8.23, and in that day, 10 men and women from every nation and tongue shall take hold to the tzitzit of a Yehudi and say, we we want to go with you. We we want to study with you. We want to we want to know what it is that you know because we see your light and we are drawn to that light. And of course the light of the Yehudim is the light of Hashem, the transcendental light that burns brightly around his people because they possess, we possess the Torah. Oh, hallelujah. And the Torah consists of divine impulses of light shrouded and shaped design in the orthographic configuration of a letter. So Baruch Hashem, this is a very beautiful day. I'm so happy that you could call in. If you have some feedback that you'd like to provide me, please go to my website or the BBS website, BBS website show page and uh, type in my name you'll see uh, Dr. Yeshua Israel the Shema Israel and you'll find my show page and you read about Dr. Israel and the purpose of the program and then you scroll down and you'll see a, 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 a place or space which says feedback and you can type in your feedback your question your reactions your response to me and, and we can have a um, a dialogue because this is a glorious 
A glorious time in creation, the coming of a new level of consciousness, particularly for black people, because I am proclaiming to you what is the final redemption. And then you could say to me then, justifiably so, but on what basis would you make such a, a claim? Then I would answer honestly on the basis of my own life. That is, I was born in the pre-civil rights era in the dark corridors of Alabama where I was a shine boy and prayed in darkness and my grandmother and mother and uncles and brothers and we huddled there and we prayed and we anticipated a great revelation of God's presence in our life and my grandmother was saying that we was the children of Israel and I heard nothing else about that for a long time until I met a very wonderful Jewish man and I'd like to dedicate this program today to that wonderful Jewish man whose name is Robert Goldstein. Some say Goldstein, others say Goldstein. Dr. Goldstein was a brilliant auditory electrophysiologist at the University of Madison, Wisconsin. And he invited me right after I finished my master's from Purdue, Purdue to come and study with him. And I went to him and enrolled there and studied at the university and became very good friends with Dr. Goldstein and and he told me something very interesting. He said, I want to teach you something based upon what you've told me. And he taught me, of course, the Shema. And he insisted that I learned it in Hebrew and that I speak it in Hebrew and I would be able to say it to him and he would approve it. And I learned it in Hebrew and was saying the Shema. And the Shema became a part of the fabric of my being. Yeah, it, it because these these words of the Shema resonated with my very being. It was very interesting. Though I'd never had that experience uh, uh, outside of of meditation. You know, meditation is an inward experience where you sit and close your eyes with the purpose of going deeper inside and transcending the the mundane subjective experience and entering into the cosmic transcendental realm of creation but that's meditation and I found that when I said these 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 Hebrew words that he gave me I had a profound reaction to the words and I that was when I was a very young man I was perhaps oh I don't know that was back in 1977 I was first learned this and I said it every day for the rest of my life and it took me on a very beautiful odyssey so let us start with the Shema, which is so beautiful. El Melik Ne'aman, God King who is trustworthy. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Eloheinu, Hashem Echad. Hear, O Israel, Hashem is our God, and Hashem is the one and only. Baruch Shem Kivot Melchuto Le'olam Vayed. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. Viahafta et Hashem Eloheka, Bekal Levaveka. You shall love Hashem your God with all your heart. 
Uvakal Nasheka, Uvakal Moadeka, with all your heart and with all your resources. Vayahu Hadavari Ima Ele Ashir. These should be these matters that I say, Anoki Mitzaveka Hayom, Alavaveka Vise Natam, that I command you today upon your heart. Teach them thoroughly. Levaneka. Vide Bartabam to your children and speak of them. Speak of them in your home, when you sit down in your home, and when you walk. Vaderic on your way. Uve save beeka, uve kumeka, uve kare tam, le od al yadeka vihayu, le totafot, being eeneka, uve vatam. Uve tavetam al mazuzot beyeneka uve shareka. When you lie down and when you rise up, bind them as a sign upon your arm that they shall be to fill in between your eyes and write them on the doorposts of your house and upon your gate. Baruch Hashem. These words are so profound because, as I have shared with you, the Hebrew letters have a profound neurophysiological effect. They affect our psychology, and I want to also tell you that they affect our neurophysiology. And I believe, ultimately, that this is the tool that Hashem has given His people, that is the Torah, the letters of the Aleph Bet, which have this profound effect. This is a tool, that's why I call it a technology of consciousness that empowers the righteous. It draws down the righteous from the transcendental realm into our own psychophysiology. It transforms the transcendent, brings the transcendent into imminent. The transcendent becomes imminent. The transcendent becomes lively in our physiology, and we are awakened to a higher level of consciousness. And this higher level of consciousness is what constitutes the people of Israel. We are the people of higher consciousness. We are the people of God consciousness. Our, pri- our primary reason and the purpose for being here is to serve God, to love God, to be the light of God, to lift up the light of God so that it can be seen and men will draw unto that light for healing and renewal. And I submit to you this day because... I am the recipient of this consciousness that came and got me from these earlier days of saying the Shema and meeting other people. I met another mentor, glorious, glorious mentor, Dr. Raphael Haller, who taught me so much about the Yehudim and enriched my life. And my library right now is full of books that he's given me that I will read for the rest of my life and to enrich my life. And as I move closer to Hashem, the purpose of life is only to serve Hashem. So it's a very beautiful morning we have with you, an opportunity for you to come and listen to me and uh, and find your own center and have dialogue with your higher self, which is the dialogue with the, what we call the G.O.D., 
your higher self, and uh, that higher self will then become uh, united with your lower self, and you will be transformed. We want to talk a little bit today from Exodus, the 19th chapter. The 19th chapter of Exodus, verse 5 and 6. I'll read it in Hebrew and then interpret it. Viataim Shemo Artisha Mehu Bikoli Ushmartaam et Brit Vihitam Lisagula Mikaal Ha Amiyim Kili Kaal Haaretz Viata Tihi Yuli Male Mikelet Hakoniim Vigoi Kodesh. And now you will listen well to my voice and observe my covenant, and you shall be to me the most beloved treasure of all people, for mine is the entire world. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a nation that is holy, period. Oh, hallelujah, what a wonderful, wonderful revelation to be given to Hashem, to wake up us, to wake you up from the dead and say these words to you, to give you a sense of identity and purpose, no longer floundering on the surface of life, pursuing vacuous material exploits. But you've given an opportunity to focus exclusively upon the Torah, the teachings of Hashem, the writings of the Zadokim, uh, the Talmud, and the teachings of the great rabbis and thinkers and holy men down the card of time who have held on to the name of Hashem, who have paid a, bright, a, a high price. So I love the Yehudim so much for the price that has been paid, the price that we paid. See, the unity of, 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 of diversity, there's a, there's, diversity is unified. We focus on the diversity. We focus on the difference. But, but Hashem takes you right to the level of the oneness because Ata Echad, Ushimo Echad. He is one and his name is one. And when the windows of your perception are cleaned, you can see the oneness and you start talking about the surface values. And all that I hear people talk about is the surface value. So I'm connected to, to the spirit of the Yehudim, see? And that's not an ethnicity. That's a transcendental, eternal reality that sustains and maintains creation. And physical, physical body and the light connected with that will not be, will not be mediocre. So, and Hashem's people now have been reduced now to proclaiming some type of ethnic stuff, da, 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 da. I don't get much into that. I know and I encounter the spirit of Hashem like I encounter with Dr. Haller. The spirit of Hashem has nothing to do with his biology. It has to do with his consciousness, level of consciousness, his behavior. And uh, that's why I would submit myself to such a great man as, as he. And... Uh, he would suggest that we go to Israel together and be further sanctified by virtue of touching the land. So from Exodus, we see here these words that we have an identity. And that's what my purpose is to say to the lost sheep of, I, uh, of Israel. And who are the lost sheep of Israel? Those who possess his spirit, those who who know his voice and will follow it, those who hear this invitation and will come. 
those with whom I have affinity, those with whom these words will resonate in the core of their being, and they will hear a calling, and they will have a type of affirmation, because what I'm saying is already written on the tablets of your heart. I'm simply reading it at the behest of Hashem to wake you up. This is a beautiful segula, the word segula, the most beloved treasure. Although the maker of the world, Hashem, has chosen Israel to lead the world toward a better understanding and acceptance of God's mission. Oh, that's beautiful. And so this program is about redemption. This program is a call for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And you know who you are by virtue of the times. I have simply a, 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 a player in a, in a great symphony of celestial events that are being orchestrated to bring in the new reality, which I am calling the dawning uh, of the Mashiachs coming. And I would ask you every day to say at least 10 times a day, come Mashiach, come Mashiach, come Mashiach. Commit yourself to saying at least five times a day. And that's just nothing. But that's how, that's how intense the darkness is, that I was set such a low bar. But let me set that low bar and ask you to say, come, Mashiach, come, Mashiach, transform the world. Huh? Huh? Don't huddle in the darkness and cry. Have the audacity to stand up and be heard. I want to read a poem for you that I've written. You know I'm a writer. I write things. I write an article here in the reporter here in my little town in Gadsden trying to wake up the consciousness, but I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness because, you know, Thomas Wolfe said you can't go home again, and he was so right because you've been to Israel, you've been to Australia, you've been to Tokyo, you've been to all over the world, and then you come back to a local town and you say, you know, God is one. People look at you like you're a Martian. <laughs> so, yeah, I have that reality, but the beautiful thing is that, that Hashem has given me His grace and I'm connected to Israel and people who love Israel, so that's a very beautiful thing. So let me read this poem entitled, Redemption. Redemption. On that day, evil will be slain. Preachers will stop preaching about the prophet and hustling in the prophet's name. The redemption will convert the world, save the children, boys and girls, offer them diamonds spiritualize their world. Nothing will remain the same. The world will change to a place without fear once the redemption is here. When the redemption comes, some will fear and refuse to confess what is obvious and blessed. Yes, this is the year. Stop complaining and looking down. Muster up the temerity. Stop being a clown. Dry your tears and announce to the youth that God is not a man. And that's the truth. You can't turn mud into sand. God is infinity, not a man. Here's a news flash. Here's your call that will bounce you much higher than basketball. Excuse me. Don't try to confuse me and speak to me as if I'm dumb. This is the year of salvation for redemption, for the black man has come. Owing to consternation, diminished elation, disavowed integration, impedance and untruth, obsequious and uncouth, 
Maturation is essential to self-determination. I dare reveal what history concealed, because the light has come. It will reveal who is God's son. No one expected me to be in harmony, considered from whence I've come up from, always in doubt, living on the run in the crucible of life, eating beans and rice, waiting for Jesus Christ. Let the redemption come. I'm no longer the weaker. My silence is absurd. I insist on being heard. Stand up on my feet. Dare I now speak? Wait no more. Get up off the floor. Begging like a child in a candy store. Benumbed by fear. Neglected, ill-treated. Bruised, but not defeated. Redemption is here at last. Feast or fast. The die has been cast. Renewed and without last. Doubt. Healing water. Refreshing clout. Announce it fast to the graduating class. The days of evil did not last. Unlike before, death shall be no more. So with alacrity and audacity, let's celebrate this new awareness without fear because the final redemption is at last here. Baruch Hashim. Every day let us pray. Come Mashiach, come Mashiach. The main purpose of life, remember this, my sons and daughters, that the main purpose of life is only to serve God and to walk in his way for the sake of his name in order to merit to know him. Because no matter how much material wealth you accrue here of this earth, you're going to leave it. No matter what title you earn, one day that title will no longer be fitting. You will outgrow it. But your spirit is eternal. So it's a beautiful thing. I want to talk more about the covenant. Just a reflection on the covenant. And you're going to find that in Genesis, Bereshit, Genesis 17. The 17th chapter of Genesis. The 17th chapter of Genesis, verse 1 through 12. I want you to read that on, but I will summarize what's really being taking place here and we'll move forward. God appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be perfect and I will make a covenant with you and I will establish my covenant between you, me and you and your offsprings and I will be your God and you will inherit this land. This is my covenant. All your male children shall be circumcised. Now, that's what we want to talk a little bit, the symbolism and meaning. What does this mean? Well, let's back up a little bit. The sexual revolution in the 1960s was instrumental in dismantling uh, the values that had been the foundation of the American culture for quite some time. That is self-restraint, mortification of the body and the sanctity of marriage. Well, there was a great tumult in the 1960s and a cry for change and everything was looked at, including marriage, the notions of marriage and sexuality has been examined for the past 50 years. And so we've looked at it now for 50 years. We've examined, we've been preoccupied with sensuality, sexuality for 50 years. We've divested ourselves culturally of any spirituality. Uh, uh, religion is a joke uh, and uh, People have no real spiritual conviction. Everybody's uh, preoccupied with their identity based upon their physicality, where they feel some type of way based upon a feeling. And it's very, very elementary. 
But that's what level of, 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 of creation we have fallen to into a very elementary level where we have slaves and those who have enslaved the people are themselves children on a cosmic scale. So we find ourselves in a mess dealing with sexuality being the, the uh, becoming a culprit rather than a gift. So I would argue today that after 50 years of this sexual identification changing, its identification has changed, marriage laws have changed, everything. We're probably more self of, uh, frustrated than ever before. Why? Why? Because we abandoned the platform from which the physical life or the manifest values of life are established, which is the spiritual world. Reality consists of two, two components, 50% spiritual, 50% physical 50% spiritual, 50% physical, 50% unseen, 50% seen. We are the part of the value of life that is the 50% that is seen. The 50% of values of life that's seen is the physical value. So to the young, to the young soul, the person identifies himself as a physical being. But as the soul evolves, as the wisdom of the soul grows, then the soul begins to identify with a more substantive reality, which is the transcendental spirituality, the inner unmanifest core has nothing to do with the the physical self the i am and this is what the journey is about and this is who israel is israel is not a physical people i'm sorry oh you see express that's why you can't limit israel to ethnic group because in antiquity there was no people called jews there was no j until a few years ago so we're looking back 2,000, 3,000 years, talking about Abraham. And Abraham, God said he was a Hebrew. Ivri is the word. Ivri is the word. Ivrim, the plural, Ivrim. It says in the Torah, Adonai says he is El Ivrim. There's a God of the Ivrim. I don't know how the Ivrim became the Yehudim. Yeah, I do know because Yehuda is one of the 12 tribes, the tribe of the Yehuda. And then the Yehuda kingdom is southern Israel kingdom of Yehuda, so and the Yehudim, so yes Judah in that sense, but the word J-E-W-S comes maybe from Germany because of their inability to articulate certain, and then you have a people who, then when you're like in the subjective position, when you're in the nigger position, like me being American, black, I've always been in the nigger position, whether I'm Dr. Israel or whatever it's the same thing as the Jews felt when they were in Germany, and they were in the nigger position, I read the life of my great rabbi, Rabbi Nachman tells me, and, and on his travels to from um, from the Ukraine to uh, the Holy Land, how a certain city he went into and the Jews couldn't be in the city at night. And yet it was there. So I'm saying I understand. And this is a this is a bilateral sharing of denigration and belittlement that is Israel is because based on the spirit. Now someone has hegemony now and you have people or the Jewish people. But this phenomenon that I'm a part of, I did not come from that. I came from something else. And I met a Jewish man Dr. Robert Goldstein, with whom I had affinity, and he and I knew something. We connected. Same thing with Dr. Heller, my mentor. I connected with him. He and I are brothers, really. It's amazing to me that I would meet him and feel him. I lived with him. He lived with me, stayed with me, stayed with him. So I felt, and I feel this way when I go to Israel, too. I've, so I live with a family in 
in her long, beautiful family. So I know that God's people are God's people based upon our spirit. And I know because of our low level of, uh, of, of understanding that we look at the most superficial values of life, some of us, others us. So this, this, this broadcast now is, is going to reflect on, on, uh, on the covenant, the covenant that the pledge God that God made with our forefathers, uh, uh, Abraham. And and I want to take uh, I want to take this from uh, my rabbi, <laughs> the universal rabbi in this time. There's one rabbi now in this time, <laughs> Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. Na na Nachman Nachman me uman na na Nachman Nachman me uman na na Nachman Nachman me uman is the song of redemption. Now I read the poem about redemption, but not only is that I have I written a poem about redemption, but God Himself sent down a note to take from heaven to uh, uh, bar uh, Israel bar uh, uh, Odessa uh -huh. uh, Saba <laughs> uh, Baba Saba is a Saba uh, bar Odessa to give to give to the world a very simple formula formula for Sigula <laughs> uh, redemption Nanak Nakma Nakma replaces what could not be said and one day will be said, which is Yud K Vau K. You who know, you know what I just said. So Yud K, Yud, Yud K, Yud K, Yud A Vau K. Something like that, you see? So that way, in order not to violate the sanctity of God's great name, trying to say there will be a day when we will sing a much higher vibration, but the vibration that has come now to redeem the world is nanak nakman nakman mi uman. So that's very beautiful. And so he talks in his Lakuti Moharan. Actually, if you want to read something fascinating, I suggest that you read Rabbi Nachman's Lakuti Moharan. It provides a remarkable, lucid insight into the covenant. The covenant pertains to the male reproductive organ. Now, let's get that straight. What does the, That's why we have circumcision. So the circumcision is not an end of itself. The circumcision is an oath. The circumcision is a sign. It's a sign of a spiritual potential that you have that has to be cultivated and developed by a standard of behavior and conduct. And that is by, by preserving and keeping your sexuality clear and pure and clean and spilling seed serves to blemish this covenant. So God met Abraham and says, listen, I am El Shaddai. I'm your God. I'm going to enter into this agreement with you. You're going to be my people and I'm going to give you some land. You're going to be unto me, as I said, a kingdom of priests. And you're going to be a holy nation. And this is all predicated upon what I expect from you. What I expect from you, O oh, descendants of Abraham, is holiness by virtue of understanding the quintessential definition of holiness. The quintessential definition of holiness is sexual purity. And I told you that we live in metaphoric Egypt. Metaphoric Egypt is a place that is a low place where the will of God is violated and the standard of God is desecrated. And whatever God says, uh, people ex live in a way that's 180 degrees out of phase with that direction as we can see. 
just look around and look across any dimension and you say, wow, God said we're not supposed to do that. And yet you'll see that's the value that is extolled and cherished. And that's the way it is here in metaphoric Egypt. That's why we're saying in this particular juncture, we're being delivered from Egypt. And we just celebrated Shavuot. We see now we left Egypt huh, 49 days ago. And now we're coming across the Red Sea now to receive Torah. And Torah is light for God's people because Torah is a tool that can be used to bring the transcendental reality into our own subjective consciousness and elevate us into the spiritual plane and enlighten us. This is the beauty. But the one thing that you can do to militate against that happening is not read the Torah and engage in illicit behaviors, sexual behaviors, behaviors of spilling seed. Because spilling seed militates against sanctity. The light is diminished. It's like throwing mud on your windshield. You can no longer see clearly. But thanks be to God, see, God has given us something beautiful, too. That's why we all hold up the name of Rebbe Nachman for what he has given us. He's given us something very special. I'm going to get to that in a minute. See, the seed of a man is one of the substance of the physical world that's most reflective of the creator. How are you like and made in God's image? God can create life, and you can create life. Since it leads to life, you can create life. There's a tremendous energy in each sperm. And when it's wasted in vain through selfish gratification and not used for the divine purpose of creating life uh, or for the purpose of permitting marital relationships, the tremendous spark life force is extended, expended, and the system of impurity strengthens the force of darkness and chaos in our world. So we want to know why there's so much darkness and why so much chaos is because we habitually have made it normalized behavior to spill seed and to violate the covenant. And we are proud and arrogant and we refuse to allow the voice of God to be heard through his prophet. And yet God continues to send forth his people to say, this is the way to life. So he has given us a code of conduct and behavior for Israel to live. And that's why I'm calling now you who have lived here in the filth for 400 years of the condition, a way of filth. Our life is a way of immorality. Our life is a way of idolatry. Our life is a way of adultery. Our life is a way of, it's, it's, it's a, 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 a code of behavior that ensures denigration, devolution rather than evolution. We don't evolve. We have not evolved. We have devolved to a very low level that we call ourselves dog. And some people identify very much with the dog and don't understand the relationship between dog and man. Dog is not man because God blew into breath, into man, the breath of his life, which is the breath of consciousness. And he did not blow that into a dog. So you and a dog can never be the same. So I don't know why somebody would call say, what's up, dog? Yes, it's an animal. We're in charge of the animals to care, to maintain, protect, love. But you're not me, and I'm not you. You're not my mate. My mate is this human. So 
God is beautiful. So we are asked to, therefore, Israel, then, if I am Israel, I'm talking to you brothers who I see said you are Hebrews now, and you want to be Hebrews, good. Then start studying the Torah, good. A Hebrew should be able to read Hebrew and study the Hebrew language, good. I commend you for saying that I, too, joined you. And But what I did 40 years ago, I went to study Hebrew. I took a Hebrew class down in New Orleans and introduced. I want to learn. I went up to the Jewish synagogue. Hello. What do you want? Oh, excuse me. My wife and I would like to enroll in your course. I see you have a beginning Hebrew course. Certainly. Good. Would you? Yes. Come on in. Yes. Yes. I'm a yes. Yes. I want to learn about the Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalit, Hey. Uh, you see me? The 22 sacred letters, the Aleph Bet, I want to learn them. I want to learn about them and I want to learn about the vows, the Nikudot. And I want to learn how to pray as a Jew. And I want to pray like a Hebrew. And I want to be able to speak my language. I don't want to be ignorant anymore. So it's good. And so I went to study and I studied and said, Rabbi Nachman said, no. And I said, oh, my goodness, this is the behavior. This was my inheritance. I inherited spilling seed. I inherited a, a, a way of violating the covenant. What I inherited and what we inherited, black American men, is a pattern of conduct and behavior that ensures our alienation from God. And that is perhaps why we have been reinforced, and that's why we have a sensuous behavior. Black people in America have a sensuous culture. It's full of sensuality, sexuality, and it's actually very filthy because it's, it's not marital, it's not based on the spirit. It's lust and it's idolatry, and it's a, a, a practice of violating the covenant of God because why? We didn't understand the covenant of God. Why? Because we were Christianized. And the Christian told us what? Oh, don't read the Old Testament. Oh, that's no good. That's not good. Just read these four, this good news <laughs> while you suffer. <laughs> you read this good news about, about Jesus coming and gonna, you're going to, and that's none of that's true. So God and Kevin said, oh, no. The very plants themselves and the animals themselves, Adam named. And they are named that forever. And their sinews and veins and genes and everything became that. They predicated upon the name. So the reward for keeping the covenant is that the degree of, of person's spirituality exists higher. And I'm looking because I'm looking at my people and I have no one to look at to say, well, there's a great spiritual light here in black America who is a saint. You know why? Because all the black people are Christians. And you know what the Christians come from? The Christians come from the religion of the exile. This is the religion of the slaves. This is something that was given to you in slavery to placate you, but it has no evolutionary momentum. And there we're found today floundering without any spiritual identity, without any spiritual light, without any spiritual leaders, still talking about Jesus' name. And that wasn't nobody by that name, and that's not our Savior as our situation predicament clearly indicates we have not been saved he didn't save you this was a religion made up by the people whose life was very good for them and so they could make these declarations it doesn't befit you so if the shoe doesn't fit you you cannot wear it 
So the reward now for stopping this behavior of spilling seed and making a value, I need some men to stand up and say, oh, no, I don't want to be cool anymore. My definition of myself, black man, is I'm not cool. No, no, no. Everybody who was cool died. James Brown did. Prince did. Isaac Hayes did. These people gone. Now, that, that doesn't take. So you've got to find and you have that potential because you are the ancient man. You have the potential. You are the God man, the one that God scooped up out of the earth from the hand of black earth and made a black man and blew his consciousness into him. You are the father of mankind. Yes. And so but you have been niggerized and reduced to the lowest possible Human followed your equivalent to the dog. You and the dog. Now you call yourself a dog, but you are actually not a dog. You're actually a god. You understand? But you fell from the god to the dog because you lost your anchor, and your anchor is Hashem Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the Holy One of Israel. So now, in returning back to righteousness, the 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 the, the reward for keeping the covenant. Is your degree of spirituality is going to be elevated. There's your level of perception. That is your level of thoughts. The way you see the world. Your, your value system is going to change. Your, your drives are going to change. Your needs are going to change because uh, enlightenment is physiologically based. You're going to live a long time. See, so and then keeping the covenant transformed the consciousness, causing it to flow in synchrony with the organizing intelligence, which structures every single event in life. You're no longer swimming against the current. You're no longer swimming upstream. You're moving in sync with the dynamic flow of life in a cosmic sense. And everything is perfect. Higher quality of life such that you Get a taste of the world to come. You're in this lower world, but you're experiencing a taste of the higher world, and you now become light. Your, your face is enlightened. The light of God is, is upon your face, and people see it And your world. This is the Jew. This is the Hebrew. This is the B'nai Yisrael. This is the children. This is the call. This is your call. Not to march around in Erica, but I didn't say, oh, I'm a Jew. Oh, I'm a Hebrew and I'm mad at everybody. No, no, no. We come to, as Raphael taught me, tikkun olam. Heal the world. When you see a patient, he's sick, you heal him. So that's what it's going to do. We're going to get a taste of the world to come. And this responds to, actually, you're going to see this in Psalms, Psalms 34, verse 8 which says, King David says, taste and see the goodness of Hashem. Taste and see. So when the heart is transformed, nullification of egoistic behavior and reactive tendencies disappear. Now everything is not about you. And simply because someone wasn't focusing on you, you have to react. You don't have to react anymore about anything. Your reactive tendencies disappear. Guarding the covenant makes it possible to attain a perfect prayer, which Rabbi Nachman says is the most perfect weapon in the armamentarium of his chosen people, the UD. That's what my power is. You're discovering now, see, the, 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 the man in, in metaphoric Egypt, his power is in the gun. He believes that he is his protection. And if he has a gun, a pocket full of guns, and a house full of guns, he can protect himself because he is too immature morally to understand divine providence 
And he, and that's why he continues to now, now his children getting the gun, taking the gun to the school to kill some more children. So what we're dealing with in America, and no one say, please quote Dr. Israel. Please quote Dr. Israel. Say, well, Dr. Israel said, well, this really function of moral immaturity. They're kind of like kids, you know, little bad kids who have enormous intellect. There's some super bright kids. They can develop a technology. They can do it. But they're still like little kids, you know what I mean, play with themselves. They are on some type of little childlike level. So spilling seed outside the context of holy marriages causes a litany of immediate deleterious consequences. Poverty. Oh, tell me about it, black man. You want to know why you're in poverty? Uh, physical suffering. You're so sick. Oh, black people are so sick. Everyone them got high blood pressure, diabetes. Oh, why? Difficult to earn a living. One who blemishes his sexual purity is pursued. Check that image out. One who blemishes his sexual purity is pursued by poverty. <laughs> you can't get away from it. He draws up in himself the yoke of earning a living with great struggle and bitterness. And his living is equivalent to like 39 slashes, slashes, lashes, whip you up, whipping you again. So the devil is so, so, so trickery. He make you beat yourself now. He make you beat yourself with all that. And then you go put it on a white man. You say the white man is beating you. No white man ain't beating you. You're beating yourself with your low behavior. Your behavior and your behavior comes from the fact that you have been in exile. And this is the type of things that happen to people who are in exile and estranged from the base of righteousness. See, but now, fortunately, there's a remedy which 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 rectifies the Brit, the covenant. The Hebrew word for the word covenant is Brit, Brit. You the word Brit, Brit and the Brit Miller. Uh, yes. Uh, Reverend Nachman gave us a formula. He gave us uh, a technology, here again, that, that militates against the effect of spilling seed. He revealed and recommended what was called Tikkun Haglali. Say that after me. Tikkun, your turn, Tikkun Haglali. Haglali. Say it again, class. Tikkun, Tikkun Haglali. Haglali, Tikkun Haglali. Google it. T. T-I-K-K-U-N-H-A-K-L-A-L-I. The Tikkun Haglali consists of 10 types of psalms, uh, 10 types of psalms, 10 psalms, within which there are 10 types of psalms. There's two issues. If all of the psalms, all of them, 150 of them, then 10 types of melodies. Song is a melody. A melody is in which words are arranged in this case, letters are arranged. So these types of, 10 types of psalms have words that are arranged because you remember King David and the men of the great assembly who, who assembled the prayers that we say in the Sudur, they understand the relationship of assembling letters. That's why you remember the man in, in the Torah, Bazaliel, in, out in the, the, the tabernacle in the wilderness, he know how to combine letters, just like Hashem know how to combine letters, the power of the Aleph Bet. And so the Psalms, same way. And so what Rabbi Nachman's great, great revelation was to reveal out of these 10 types of songs, a set of 10 Psalms, then which enlightened us. The 10 sets of Psalms are, are, the, are, are 
rectification, my beautiful word, rectification for the Brit, correcting the Brit, the spilling seeds, whether it's intentional or unintentional, unintentional through nocturnal emission. I remember being a young man in the military, being either men have those type of experiences. Well, Rabbi Nachman said it's still this type of spilling seed has a deleterious effect on the Brit, Brit uh, when it's blemish, reduces our sanctity, which further disconnects our relationship to the light and causes us to have suffering and misery in our life, which is not God's plan. So he's, there are 10 types of Psalms. And let me give you these 10 Psalms. It's Psalms 16. You read them sequentially in one setting. Psalm 16, Psalms 32, Psalms 41, Psalms 42, Psalms 59. Psalms 77, Psalms 90, Psalms 105, Psalms 137, and Psalms 150. Oh, my goodness. Now, this is the challenge of a righteous man. You know, you became a great basketball player because you went to that basketball court first thing in the morning and you stayed all day. We used to go play basketball all summer. That's all we did. Well, now when you become a man, you take that same tenacity and you turn it toward a righteous endeavor. In this case, you've turned it toward the tehillim, the, the, the prayers, the tefillim, and the tehillim, <laughs> the prayers and the psalms of David. And this 10 sets of psalms, these 10 sets of psalms are called collectively tikkun haglali. What are they? Psalm 16, Psalm 32, Psalm 41, 42, 59, 77, Psalms 90, Psalms 105, Psalm 137, Psalms 150. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. I love these Psalms, and it takes discipline. Now, discipline is the basis of strength. In order to do something, you have to do it repetitively. Read every day. You go with audiology, you see patients every day. You examine the ear canal thoroughly every day. You learn to read audiograms, tympanograms. You begin to learn to read your literature, you focus on, that's why God said, you should love the Lord with all your heart. Set these commandments that I give you today upon your heart. Teach them thoroughly to your children. Think of them when you rise up. Think of them as you go on your way. And when you lie down and tell your neighbor about it, say, Hashem is great. I love the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, all my resources. And therefore, my life consists of engaging in behaviors that intensify my closeness to Him. That is our incarnation objective. This is why we've come to the earth plane. We did not come to earth plane to amass money and crew a big identity. We came here to cultivate a relationship with the potential that we have. Our essential potential is spiritual because we are not these false identities, these biological identities. We are an impulse of creative intelligence. We came to cult to expand that, to cultivate that potential and grow so that it becomes more and more and more so that when the physical part of our body, physical body decays as it invariably wills, then we have created a beautiful something that's transcendental and forever eternal and we go on to the next higher level of consciousness and experience more of the infinite glory of God. So the tikkun haglali then becomes a rectification. Say it with me. The tikkun haglali is a rectification for damages to the Brit that's caused by spilling seed out of a proper context of holy matrimony. Hallelujah. Baruch Hashem. 
So therefore, now I tell you, let's go back. Therefore, where we started. Therefore, go back to Exodus 19, 5 and 6. Therefore, now I tell you, if you keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all the people of the world, for all the people is mine. But you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That's what's going to make you Israel. Not that you are running your mouth and harassing people and bothering people, but that you have transformed your lower nature into a higher spiritual connection by virtue of your study and of the Torah and your connection to the light of Hashem through the olive bet. Because if you do not know the Hebrew alphabet, yes, God understands you in any language. Yes, God will hear your prayer. Yes, but God has given you a specific technology. Here's something that's set aside to make you what? To make you a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So your imperative, this is for you right now. That's why I give you Shema. Say, Shema Yisrael. Hear what Hashem is saying to you. I'm calling you, but I'm not calling you to be a nigger. I'm not calling you to be a playboy. I'm not calling you to be a whore. I'm not calling you to be a fornicator. I'm calling you to be a, key, a priest and a king of my kingdom. That you have accepted the yoke when you said, yes, I accept the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. As we talked to you last week so eloquently about so that you can say, Anoki, I look Adonai can say, Anoki, Hashem Eloheka. I am Hashem, your God, and you can say, yes, you are my God, and I am your priest here to bring forth the light that you are into the world so that your very light will transform the world. Not my talking. That's the contradiction we find ourselves as black people under the Christian. They talk about love while they shoot you down in the street like a dog. They talk about love while you live in poverty. They talk about Jesus love everybody, but you keep a being a second class citizen. They talk about Jesus coming to give you a life of abundance, but you have no abundance whatsoever. But thank be to Hashem, this is a new day. He says, I myself are going to come and get my people. I'm going to transform your mind. I'm going to give you. Nobody didn't teach me this because if I didn't study Aleph Bet and I didn't read the Torah and I didn't pray, and if I didn't go seek out the Zadokim and say, pray for me, King David, and that I get my Lashon HaKodesh. Pray for me, Rabbi Nachman, that I get my Lashon HaKodesh. Pray for me, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Uh, pray for me that I get this language, that I can stand before the king uh, and know who I'm standing before. For he is my God and he is my life and he is my light. And he's called me now to tell you that he has a more excellent way for you to live. And it is our responsibility to love this earth, to transform this earth and to say every day, come Mashiach, come Mashiach, come Mashiach and save the world. Save us, unify us. Put your guns away, little bitty boy. That's boy stuff. A man, a man is someone who knows that and divine providence rules this earth. Well, you're an idiot if you think you can get a gun and save your life. Well, it's the most ridiculous thing, but who am I? I just keep my mouth shut because why? I'm looking at the children. I'm an adult. I found myself in a, in a child's land and where I was a second-class 
citizen and the children were in charge and everything they did was ridiculous to me. And so now God is saying, I want to raise up the men. I brought you here to be under the children for 400 years. Now I'm going to raise you up. You have to be to them an example. You show them what a great athlete you are. Now I want you to show them what a great holy man and righteous king you can be and what type of mystical powers you can harness and have to empower yourself and transform the world. That your power is not in a gun. Your purpose and your power is not in a weapon, but your power is in the mystery realm because you are an evolved soul that is an individualized aspect of the light the total light of Hashem, which we proclaim every day. We say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Eloheinu, Hashem Echad, Baruch Shem Kivod, Malchuto Le'olam Vayed. And we're calling forth that reality that his kingdom come and we can be administers of his kingdom simply by being connected to him, by being prayerful. Let us pray for one another. Let us love one another. Let us care for one another. Let us become adult. Let us become mature. I'm going to close now with the beautiful prayer that I always tell you to read because it's Anabakoak. Anabakoak, the prayer, the miracle prayer that you should say every day. Please do it. God will give you miracles. Anabakoak, Gadulad Yemenka, Tatir Setzura, Kabil Rinadam Kasak, Venu Tarenu Nora. I greet you now in the Hebrew language. Peace be upon you. Shalom Aleikum.